This is where we hold them. This is where we fight. The Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. Rob, what's good, homie? Mike, man, no, no bowling this week, man. For any, for any of us, it was an Thank off God. weekend. Oh yeah! Thank God after the disaster of a of a league season that it was. Thank God there was no bowling this week. This is the first week we haven't had a Big Mike League review in 36 weeks, it feels like. No, there were a few along the way that I missed, right? Yeah, but you always manage to uh, come back with a with a banger of a story after. So, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to we're going to miss the Mr. X stories. At least that's what my biggest, uh, you know, uh, favorite part of your Big Mike's League review was Mr. X, because Mr. X was the, the symbol of most league bowlers in this country. Like he's the, like that is the symbol of a league bowler, right? Complains about everything. Can't probably average over a certain amount on a sports shot. Like it's just pretty funny. to me. Anyway. Knowledge, knowledge, very limited, but uh, you know, uh, thinks, thinks that there's vast knowledge there, but yeah, listen, you know, uh, like I said, I had a nice relaxing Tuesday night. I was able to actually get some things done. I'm extreme. I'm extremely busy. I, I'm so busy that uh, I'll be honest with people. I didn't even get to watch the PWBA show yet. Uh, it's still on my DVR. So we're we're going to talk about it still. But yeah, uh, I watched I, it. I watched. It I know. I know. Oh, Mike, you went on mute. Mike, you're on mute, buddy. Oh, sorry, sorry. Didn't know I tripped the button there. My bad. Uh, but yeah, like I said, we'll talk about it, but yeah, that's how busy I am. I really haven't gotten a chance to, uh, catch up on everything that I should be catching up on. Uh, but there is, there, there is no bowling review this week, Rob. So you're right. I got, I got a good, I got a good story that happened to me though, off the bowling lanes. Okay. You're going to get, this is a story years ago when we started doing this podcast, we should talk about some stuff that happened to us during the week. I was out walking the dog. And it's always with the dog. Always. It's always when you're walking the dog. I got in trouble with the dog. Always get in trouble with the dog. I um, see this girl in my apartment complex, and she has a dog. It's like 40 pounds. Looks like a Rottweiler-type mix. I'm talking to her, and I, I said, hey, is your dog friendly? And she's like, yeah, he's really friendly. I said, okay, so the dogs are smelling each other. Within a quick sec, her dog literally teeth come out. And bites my dog. Okay. My dog is shook, right? He's a golden retriever. He doesn't know what the hell to do. He's like scared out of his mind. He's trying to run away from this dog. This girl is trying to pull her dog off of my dog. She falls. Okay. And there's bushes behind her. She falls into the bushes. Okay. This girl is literally in the bushes and her dog is still trying to bite my dog. She dog already bit my dog. Thankfully, the, not, the dog was okay. My dog was fine. I'm yelling at her, okay, while she's in the bushes. 
get your effing dog off of my dog. How dare you? I'm going to report you. All kinds of shit. This girl is literally in the bushes. Doesn't know what's happening. The dog is super like ready to go, go after me. Go after Mike. It was such a debacle. This happened. This happened this Sunday morning. That there were people in the apartment complex. They were like coming out in the balconies. They were looking to see what was going on. Oh, dude, it was such a disaster. Um, so, actually, so saw, it was a, it was a scene, is what you're saying. It was a big scene. I saw that girl this morning again while I was walking the dog. I literally took the dog. I saw her walking. I like took the dog. I literally let her walk by. Was giving her dirty looks. I was. I was. Oh God! I was so angry. So it's always yeah, it's always something. Always it's always something with the dog. With the dog. Another reason not anyway, to get a dog. You know. Not to, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that's how your Sunday morning went. Yeah. You know? Is what I, I don't know. I mean, maybe you need to get another dog that's a more intimidating dog. I know. No? He's too like he's maybe too you need dumbing. a second dog that's like a little more vicious, a Doberman yeah. Doberman Pinscher, perhaps. Pit, you know, get a pit bull, a pit bull, Just right? And then, and then, like you wouldn't have to worry about that. No, no other dogs would mess with you, that dog, or Rock. You no, know, I do. It's a lot, though. Anyway, so <laughs> peak cows. That's uh, all peak cow wants. Oh in the chat. Jesus. Yeah, no. I was uh, gonna was, ask those type of questions. No, but, uh, there's no uh, chance. He wasn't even no. peak out. She wasn't even. She wasn't even good looking. Um, if she was good looking, I would have helped her out of the bush. No, you know, so like I, now, I, Rob. Now Rob will be known in his complex as like the guy. The guy whose dog got bit. Did you see the yes. guy whose dog got bit the other day? You know, well, I already. It's, people have already asked me. It's a big, like, really gossipy community that I live in. So actually, people were coming over to me on like Monday and Tuesday, and they were like, "Oh." Like what happened? We heard like this. It's like all over the complex now. Oh my god! But people goodness. have come over to me and asked me. Um, oh well, they said Rob, like, uh, how's your dog? Like, is he okay? Like that dog has tried to bite my dog too. So words are words out about this dog. Anyway, what made my what made my Sunday better, Mike, is the fact that there was two live shows on Sunday. It's they were all great shows, and Vic. I know Vic is very – he's been on top of the IBF. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the IBF. Me Vic, and Mike Vic, personally don't really like, care. Does anyone really care? That's that's why I brought that up, to ask that. You know, if, I mean, respond in the chat. I, I want to I wanna hear what you have to say. I, I'm not – I don't know. Like, is is the IBF that significant in, in the grand scheme of bowling? I, I don't really feel that it is. Uh. I guess at the time that they were awarding some international events, PBA titles, I, I would say that 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 was more significant. But uh, at this point, I, I I don't know. I mean, as a fan, I don't really pay much attention to what goes on with 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 that organization. Mike, I'll uh, be honest. So. I'll be honest. I read I read the article that Jeff uh, um, Riggles put out. Not to Jeff's fault. He's a great writer. I really enjoy reading his, his content on 11frame.com. I lost interest within about two paragraphs into the story. I couldn't give two shits. It, I grew up in a, a corrupt bowling tournament environment, Mike. It yeah, was shocking that somebody's stealing money in bowling. <laughs> dude, if, if you go listen to some of our old podcasts and people who've been listening to the show for years, I've told numerous stories about um, – 
general managers in Brooklyn Lanes, in, in Brooklyn, New York, and Gil Hodges running off for the league prize funds. Um, and then the owner getting sued on people's court. Great story. If you don't know that one, hit me up offline. I'll tell it to you, or I'll try to find maybe the old podcast. Mike, there's so many. I mean, dude, people get robbed every weekend. And they don't even know they're being robbed. And if you're not if you're not following, there's uh there's there's some accusations of theft. It seems like in, in the IBF, is that is that fair to say, Rob? I mean, just I to, mean, just to briefly sum it up. To sum it up, there is a lot of unpaid bills. Right. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of people that are owe the IBF seems to owe a lot of money to a lot of people. Um, and, and and from what I read, it doesn't seem like the funds are there to pay these bills, and they should be. Yeah, uh, the the, the so. article starts more than a hundred thousand in unpaid bills, unkept promises, and fake bank transactions by the International Bowling Federation leadership are behind the turmoil that has. Ro- uh, I don't even know. I never even heard this word. Jeff has got words that I don't even know. R- royaled, <laughs> royaled bowling's international governing body ahead of next week's extraordinary Congress. Mike. I read, tried to read this article. I was just bored. I was over it. Like we see, like, we see how inept the USBC is to a large degree, and we see how, like we've discussed a lot, how especially at the local level, the people that are running the USBC organizations at a lot at a lot of local levels don't really seem to be like the you know the the most involved or the most experienced in, in bowling in general. Yeah. Knowledgeable, yeah. right? I'm trying to I'm trying to find different words. But my, when I when I heard this story today, and someone texted me this story, shout to shout to the person that texted me this story. Uh, when I heard this story today, my first thought was, "Well, uh, you know, is is this is this a, a surprise that like an organization in bowling that's that's international is run poorly? Like the the organization in the United States." That governs bowling is kind of, is run poorly, in my opinion, and there's many examples of that. So, I, I would imagine that there's less knowledge and less, uh, uh, you know, uh, high level experienced people in bowling out there on the international scene than there would be on where, where we're at. I don't think that that's a stretch. So, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. You know. So, all right, let's let's get off of the IBF. I yeah, appreciate let's talk about some action. It up. Let's actually yeah, talk let's, about let, some Yeah, let's talk about the PBA happened. playoffs. Let's talk about it. Uh, yeah. Yo, honestly, I don't know if I'm if I'm going too far by saying this, but that that I, that might have been one of the best PBA shows I, I I've watched in quite some time. And I know I know we had we had at least one classic this season. Okay, I feel like this may have been another one. And, and the re- the reason I say that is because of the format. Number one, the format was great because even if the one player, like Troop won the first two games, okay, then Tommy wins the third. And, and, and the fourth game is extremely important now, okay? Fourth game is extremely important, right? So then if Tommy wins the second game, obviously he didn't. But if he does, you, you know, you're talking about a roll-off for a hundred grand. Okay, right. so to me, there there was there was a lot of excitement, uh, even even when the matches weren't uh, weren't that close. 
you still could talk about the next game and what the strategy was going to be for both players, for each player, right? And the 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 battling of the lanes here was was extremely interesting. Yeah, and I like okay? to talk a little what, about and, that, Mike. And, and what was going on? We will we'll get into all of these. My third point in why I feel like this is this this might have been a classic matchup or classic show here. I'll say is because of the the scoring pace of the show as well. You you, you really had a mix, but in the key moments, the winning scores were two seventy six, two seventy nine, two eighty eight. So you know, I mean, what how, you know, what better scoring pace do you want? And and some of those games, Rob, were close. Some of those games were close almost all the way throughout the game. So it wasn't like it was it was 276, 279, 288, uh, and they were all blowouts. Okay. You know, you you had moments in those games where it was close. Okay. So uh all right, what do you what do you want to get into first here, Rob? Um, the feeling that I had watching that show and is the fact that I, I really think it was Kyle Troop's match, regardless of what Tommy was doing. I just had that feeling that Kyle wasn't going to lose. Now, I don't know. There's no really reasoning behind it. Um, but I really felt like it was Kyle's match. Like it, it just, Kyle had a lot of, a lot going for him. His reaction was good. The strategy that he had, I think that he was able to stay with his urethane a lot longer than Tommy was. I think helped him out because Kyle was able to shoot 270 with his with, with a urethane ball. I believe it was that second game when when Tommy had to get out of the urethane and had to deal with a little bit of a, more of a transition uh, than Kyle did because Kyle was able to stay in the urethane for a lot longer. Um, and then Kyle was able to switch balls to an altered reality and jump way further left than uh, Tommy was. And Kyle's reaction seemed a lot better when he was able to do that jump in. And I mean, there was a few shots where Kyle was even surprised he struck. I remember one shot he missed in and he, he struck and he is the look on his face was like, oh, shit, you're going to give that to me. I'm not going to lose. And after that strike, I felt like it was it, it was it was Kyle's match, like most most of the whole show. Now, was it fun to watch as a, a bowling fan who understands a lot of the moves and a lot of transitions it was really fun to watch because tommy wasn't ever out of the games he stayed in it um and he really did put kyle to the test on a lot of those games uh but kyle loves these format man i mean this is his second tournament in a row he's won back to back i feel like this tournament might be one of the hardest tournaments to win let alone win it back to back um let, like, let alone be it that you have to be a top 16, which, you know, we expected him to be in a top 16. You know, we expected him to be in a top five this year. Um, I think we all wanted, by the way, that's a good comment, Chris. Duke wanted TJ to get into reactive a lot sooner. Um, I don't think it really would have mattered, to be honest with you. I think Kyle just was going to win that match, regardless of what Tommy did. I think Tommy gave the best he could, though. Stu in the chat. What up, Stu? Yeah, saying they grinded he, the first game. He, they, he won the first game with two twenty. Yeah, and then and then after that, you know, the the winning scoring pace kind of exploded. Uh, you know, obviously like two seventy six, two seventy nine, two eighty eight. Those next three, 
Uh, Stu also asked, do you guys think Kyle having bowled fresh uh, two previous rounds helped? Tommy didn't bowl a match on the fresh the whole time until the final. Of course yeah, it I helps. Mean, I, yeah, yeah, obviously. I just – I think that I, I look at the players out there as so talented and so good and so prepared that with the practice they get, and especially since uh, they had already bowled in that particular house – uh, I, I don't. I don't know if I would say that it would be a huge factor. In my opinion, I could be wrong. Obviously, well, they, well, they both were struggling the first like six or seven frames of the first game. Neither one of them could really figure it out early. I think they hit two separate times of transition because they practiced what thirty minutes prior to the show. So really, the transition hit them the first game, and they were trying to deal with it. I think is what happened. I could be wrong here, but. Um, Stu commenting back, uh, he thinks that that's something that should be looked at going forward in that event. I, I Stu, I 100% agree with you there. Uh, to be honest, I was kind of shocked in a previous show when they said that the second match was going to be on burn. And I'm thinking, no, I mean, they come, you know, the, you, you can't have that. You can't have that at this level for a hundred grand. No, you, you gotta, you gotta make them, you, you have to make them even. You got to make them even for everybody. Everybody should be bowling on the same, and it should be you start fresh and you break them down with the guy you're bowling against. Whatever, whatever has to be done to to make that happen should should definitely be done. Uh, I agree with that 100. percent So I want to bring um, up something, Mike. Go ahead, um, go right ahead. Because I want to go into this direction. Great tournament, right? I feel like the PBA playoffs is really, really fun as a fan to watch. I feel like. Um, you have to be really, you know, the people who qualify to bowl the PBA playoffs obviously are the top 16 in points for the whole season. I feel like to get into this tournament is a is a is a is a hard is a hard thing to do. I mean, Bill essentially Bill O'Neill almost didn't make the show, right? Um, or the top 16. So I feel like it is a really hard tournament to get in, right? Um and with the way the format is, the best to two for for all of it, except for the finals. Uh, with the, the frame roll-off and bowling most of it. Uh, there's a lot of live shows on television. Uh, you know, some of them are taped. Most of them are live. Mike, is first off, is this one of the hardest tournaments to win on the PBA Tour? And second, should this replace the Tournament of Champions for a major? No, it shouldn't replace the Tournament of Champions. Uh, should it be a major... That's a that's a fair question. Is this a gimmicky tournament? Because I know no, people I, I I don't I don't agree with that take. I don't agree with that take at all. I do not think this is a gimmicky tournament. I mean, now obviously that depends how you would define gimmicky, right? But I, I do not see this as a, as a gimmicky tournament at all. Now, should it be a major? I, I I don't I don't honestly I don't think I go that far unless unless because I love this event at this point. Uh unless the PBA is going to make it more of a, more of a focus, like in terms of the, 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 the prior, you know, maybe if that's the highest paying event of the year, right. And it stands out among others, then perhaps I could see that argument being made. But my problem with that, Rob, is that you're kind of altering the historical, uh, you're, 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 you're altering the historical balance perhaps of, uh, bowling because it's been traditionally the four majors for for quite some time, and I know that you know the names have changed and va- various pieces have changed. 
So but let me let me stress that's kind of been the Mike. accepted standard for some time now. So to change that, I'm not sure. Mike Wolf, what's up, Mike? Saying gimmicky format for a real tournament. Uh, okay, you know what the in gimmick the, is in the, in the qualifying rounds in the quad, but I don't think that this this past match was a gimmicky final. You know, I I like nice the format. Yeah, what now? Nice what if you see. made what if you made every round the same format as this final? Be a lot of TV that they probably couldn't do. Uh, they'd have to have one show for every match, which they probably couldn't do unless they struck some deal with FS1, uh, where instead of maybe the King of the Lanes or some of the other actual gimmicky tournaments they have, they replace that maybe, um, or maybe they you know could prove that there are a lot of ratings in the PBA playoffs, and they could go to FS1 and say, hey, look at look at the ratings we've had for the PBA playoffs compared to some of the other tournaments. Why don't you give us an extra so forth of airtime to put a lot of these matches? Maybe the final four be best of five or best to three instead of, you know, and maybe start there. Um, but, you know, the gimmick of a tournament is, Mike, here's let me say the gimmick of the tournament is, you know, the, the, the WWE belt, right? Like, the, you know, that's a little gimmicky, right? I mean, it's not your your standard bowling trophy, right? Um, I think the factoring of the, the tournament of the matches going to like a, um you know a two-frame roll-off is a, a little bit gimmicky right um so yeah it is a touch gimmicky but to me it's a it's a super hard tournament to win just because of the competition that you have to bowl against you know in, in these matches and and i you know you, you're talking about uh the best of the best over the course of a season right okay so yeah because to get they, in the Right, they earn that. You know the the point system. You know you're earning your way into the field, into this final, uh, this this final sixteen. Okay. Um, I, again, I don't think it should be a major. Somebody saying, "Oh, you know, the, uh, the players' championship in golf." David Tolson mentions is sort of a unofficial major. Maybe this could be the, considered the same way. I don't really have a problem with that. Uh, but I, I do, I do like this event. I do like this tournament. You know, I, I think that. It's a, it's a really unique opportunity for the PBA to promote the you know the best players the the players that are likely to go on and be seen most often on shows in the future you know it's a chance for them to spotlight them you kind of know you know you, you know in advance who's going to be bowling who we had a lot of betting uh, in this tournament, uh, I I, I uh, lost this weekend. I picked Tommy Jones more based off the odds than anything else. Kyle Troop was minus two hundred, so uh, you know. So here's my put, thing: is put put one- some put some money on Tommy Jones. Lost that, but I again, I really like this event. I think it's a unique event. I had a thought. You know, people are going to criticize me for this and say say that I'm nuts, but I would almost be okay with just having the majors. And the PBA playoffs be the be the TV schedule for bowling. I don't I, get rid of no, get rid no. of the gimmicky events. Get yeah, rid of the, well, I don't you, like you know, the gimmicky events. If you're they're not going to do the PBA league the right way, so get rid of that. We'll talk we'll about talk that a in a few minutes, that. right? But get rid of the gimmicky events. Just do just do the big stuff, the majors. Maybe, maybe I would be debatable for a World Series of Bowling show or two, but I, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, the, the quality of this event 
allows you to focus on the best of the best and promote those 16 players and, you know, expand that format a little bit, make the format itself less gimmicky. And, you know, then I think you, you, you really got something there. The one, the one thing I did like a lot that we don't ever get to see on live TV is two of the best in the world bowling more than one match against each other. How often does that happen where you have two pros and they're bowling against each other for two, three, four, maybe even five games on one show? That never really happens, right? Um, the only time you get ever a chance to watch that is maybe if you're streaming like the Masters, right, match play, and you get to see them both three games, right? Um, or maybe when they used to have the old match play format where they used to bowl four out of seven bracket, right, which was a really fun format for the fan, right? Yep. I feel like they're watching two of the best in the world actually start on the fresh, you know, a set, you know, quote unquote fresh. They were practicing. Right, right. They practiced, right. But to see them break down the lanes and then actually start with the urethane and then make big moves left and open up your angles, that's real bowling. That is real bowling. If anybody yep. ever, you know, you all, we all know. Like that's, the that's as close to an action match as you're going to get in the PBA setting. 100%. And, th- there's and a that's few the best things. form of bowling, let's be honest. I love it. I love being able to watch as a, as a bowling fan and, and guy who – you know, his bowl competitively, the way they make their moves and the way they open up their angles and what balls they switch to. And, you know, they, they started with the urethane, which I don't like, but then they ended up going to reactive. And it was, it was really fun as a fan to be able to have see a chess match unfold instead of just a one-game stepladder match, right? Which yep. you only get to see that when the same pro is bowling every match. But yeah, and, anyway. and how, how do you... How do you put a lot of promotion behind a player, right? When they're they might go on TV and only bowl one game, one match, right? Whereas in whereas in this format, especially if you expand the format to make it less gimmicky right. and make all the matches like this one was, now the guy's going to bowl five games. He might bowl five right. games at a minimum. He's going to bowl three. Now you can put some real promotion behind that. You know, in the week leading up, if they're all live shows, in the week leading up, you can you can. Uh, Feature uh, betting information on the matches. You know, these are the types of ideas I like. And, you know, again, I know a lot of people disagree with what I said about, you know, only like cutting the schedule to only have the majors and then expanding the PBA playoffs to a large degree. But listen, we, we have to find a way to promote the players in this sport that you're going to see on the regular. That's what needs to happen. You know, I'm going to bring man. this comment up because I'm going to criticize this comment. Lee King, by the way, welcome. I, I think it's the first name I've seen, Lee. Too many funny oil patterns. Go back to either 40 or 30-foot patterns. Honestly, Lee, I don't really care what the pattern is as long as it's not a house pattern, to be honest with you. Um, I don't care what pattern they put, 40, 30, 38, 37. To me, that doesn't matter. To me, it's the one – it's having the pros being able to bowl and giving them a lot of TV time where you could promote them. You could have them on for maybe – you know, a a Thursday weigh-in or press conference, right, a- against the bowler they're bowling yep. against. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, God, it, Rob, think about all the betting possibilities, too. I know, the marketing like, you could you put got, behind the You got the and... overall winner. Then you got game to game if you want, like who's going to win right. this game. You right. got to- you know, total score over-under. I mean, 
My He's goodness, it's like it's it's a gambler's dream. It really yeah. is. It's again and and again, like it's the closest. I you know we love action. Shout to Dougie in the chat. Uh, you know, trying to bring the action or, or really bringing the action scene back to the East Coast. Uh, we love that format. That's that's kind of the, the the best format of bowling that we've ever seen or experienced. So if the PBA can can make that the focus of what they're doing for TV, I would love that. I'm all about that. I'm on board with that. So so here's so here's my next the only criticism I had, which I talked about a little bit on Twitter, Brooklyn Rob Eleven, shameless plug. Um, is the fact that they still have that large, obnoxious digital board in the back of the of the pairs? Um, I, I'd really like to see them go to just the, seeing the people in the back. I feel like watching the people's reactions to stuff in the back was a lot fun as a fan, you know. And you get to even see people you might know watching, um, but more of their reactions on when stuff happens, and you know, you could fan watch a little bit. You know, the PWBA's show had people in the back, and I felt like it was just uh, – it was more comforting to me as a bowling fan because we grew up watching that with all the fans in the back. I hate and to both. see this. <laughs> yeah, but would you rather have the fans in the back like the US, the PWBA had, or would you rather have this large-ass digital, like, promotion billboard in the back? Uh, I would rather have – I would rather have uh... – the fans all standing, okay. Oh, like the like the like the like main. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Similar to Bayside, like no seating, everyone standing. Rope off the settee area for the bowlers, and people can stand wherever they want. You know, from from there back. That's what I want. You know, I also like thought while I was watching this playoff show, at a certain point, I thought about Stu's idea. You know, he was in the chat earlier. Uh, I thought about his idea about how the show needs to change to one shot to one shot. And I, he's so right about that. He really, like, there were points in this show where I was like, no, this is the perfect time where it has to be one shot to one shot because it would, it would radically change the pressure of what's going to happen here. I think, I think it might've been the second game where Jones was finishing out the game and he had to bowl the whole, the ninth and 10th frame before troop got up for the 10th. And I thought, wow, if if Jones got up in the in the ninth frame and struck, and now Troop has to get up and throw his first shot in the tenth, or maybe even the whole tenth frame, that completely changes the the pressure in the match. And I like that better. Uh, so I, I'm trying to create the drama. I'm trying to create the the atmosphere, right? I want people. I want people with drinks in their hands. I want it like darts is what I really want it like. Right, but you know, I, agree I, with, I want an I announcer. With, I want an announcer on the on the lanes, I telling Dave, saying though. this player needs to do X to stay even here. But know? I agree. Like I do like the quiet. That builds a lot of drama when the fans are quiet. While the bowler is getting up to 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 throw the ball, and then once they release the ball, then let all the chaos ensue. Um, I've always been a fan of that. I don't like that when they went to the cheering while they're bowling. Like, I no, think no, me, me either. And I'm not. Let me be clear. I'm not saying that everybody should try and mimic what Bayside does. However, I think you can have general background talking noise, like like just general background noise. No, without I like people yelling quiet. and screaming, I don't think it I has like to get absolutely quiet. quiet. You know, yeah, I like the quiet. I like it. Maybe it, at some it, points it does. I, I you agree. You know why Maybe I like it? You know why? Because I like it because it, you know, it sometimes 
the, the, the bowler might get distracted because someone makes a noise or coughs or sneezes. And it, it builds See, I drama. hate that. I hate I builds, think you need to best, get rid of that. It's no, so it's so stuffy. No, it's but so some stuffy. of the best some of the best bowler reactions come from that, right? AKP Weber, right? Where he would get angry at a fan and he would yeah. point at the fans. And dude, that's that's the and that's one of the reasons why people have such a terrible opinion of, of bowling because they look at that and think, look at these stuffy bowlers who, you know, will put their ball down and yell at someone because they what coughed about, or sneezed. What about golf? They do that in golf and nobody really says anything about golf. They're really quiet. I mean, there's people that have signs. Um, and quiet makes it harder. Charlie, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I agree, Hoss. I agree. It, I agree. You know, drama. and that's why I said I like at it. some points, y- y- yeah, it should it should get quiet. But Rob, you and I know, like that's how action environment is. <laughs> like early in the match, early in the match, everybody's kind of talking, you know. And then as the match gets to the sixth, seventh, eighth frame, everybody kind of quiets down and starts starts uh, paying attention, unless it's a blowout. Then it's like, all right, well, we're just going to chit-chat, you know, it's a blowout, whatever. And I think the crowds still have to learn how to, how to, you know, act in a, in a bowling environment, you know. Uh, Dougie, Dougie bringing, up, bringing this up. Are they still hiring local models and stand-ins for the audience like, like they did when I was in the Bolero Elite Series? Oh, not, a, not aware of that. I, I don't well, know. I- Dougie was one of the models they brought in. You didn't know that? To, like, oh, I didn't know. To, yeah, yeah. I did not know. I know he's big on TikTok, though. I know that. <laughs> I see you, son. Anyways, uh, so let's talk about the match here. Get into more of the match. So Kyle Troop obviously wins, right? Second well, tournament. The key, the, the key game was game two. I mean, that was it. Game two. Because of your thing. I mean, Kyle Troop, he, he just buckled down. He buckled down and bowled. And made shots. And made shots. And bowled his best when he needed to bowl his best. Tommy put all the pressure on him that he could, that he could muster. And Troop got up and responded every single time. Okay? And game two was the absolute key. Game three, three frames into game three, you knew knew Troop was losing that game. Okay? Three frames into that game, you knew Troop was losing that game. And you knew that by the end of that game, he was going to – switch balls and find right. something and he was going to be locked in for that last game to try and not have it go to a roll off and like I, I felt good in my analyzation when when I said that during the show watching it and I'm like oh yeah well clearly here's what's going to happen here and yeah that's kind of how it played out and th- I did know, think so that, that, Tommy, that third did... game was kind of misleading a little bit yeah but I did feel like going into game 4 that I felt like if this was this was Tommy's chance, like I felt like Tommy like weathered the, the Kyle storm, and he got through where he needed to get through. Like he won one game out of the first three, and I feel like it was Tommy's game, game four. I feel like what what happened to me, why Tommy kind of struggled or didn't win game four, was because I felt like he used a ball that wasn't a strong enough ball. Kyle yeah, switched Kyle, to a lot he, stronger he, he ball. Went, he went front ten, Hoss. Game four, yeah. Well, 10. I know. Well, I'm I mean, just saying. So what, are you, what are you gonna do? No, but you could. He got some, locked in, and he went front ten. I know, and Tommy was still in the match for a while too. He was, he was, but like you know, again, when Kyle needed to buckle down and get up and make hit the yeah, best shots, he got up and made the he shots. Did, he did, and I said at the beginning, I said that it was. 
it just felt like Kyle's match the whole the whole every game it felt like it, game Kyle two it didn't I, I I disagree with you there game two game he had one won. he almost pulled three hundred again from two the, the the game two I, yeah but but Jones was in that game the whole game he was right so Kyle. right up until the ninth tenth frame he was in that game game Damn. one game one was decided on breaks okay game one could have went either way. Uh, and, and Troop gets up and makes the spare to, to win that game. Also, can I say this? His spare shooting was another difference here. Well, his Tom always misses his spare. Didn't I, I tell you? Didn't and, I say but, last but, week? But Troop gets up. He makes the bucket, okay, you know, and uh, right. makes that seven pin, makes that seven pin to, to win the win the game, okay? So those are, those are huge shots in, in a match like this. So his spare shooting was a huge difference here, too. But I, I don't agree that Troop. I felt like Troop was going to win the whole time. Now it could have been because I bet on Tommy too and was kind of rooting for him. But uh, I, I didn't. I didn't feel that way when I watched it. Right? I felt like no, t- Jones is in this. He's in this, but he's going to have to get up and make every shot count. And and, and honestly, he didn't. And, and Troop did. Yeah. No, I agree. And Kyle did buckle down when he needed it. So. Hey, shots to Kyle, man. You know, to, to, to think when this tournament first started, there wasn't even a title until they made it a title when there was so much pressure on, you know, everybody, including us, to make it a title. Um, and to think now, like, it's, a, you know, it's one of the probably hardest titles to win on the PBA Tour, in my opinion, um, you know. was is, Yeah, and, is, and you know what? Kyle Troop is the back-to-back champ. He is, and... Kyle is, you know, turning into or, or already has turned into one of the best players on tour. And he's cemented it with this win, my opinion. Like he's cemented that he's not going anywhere. He's a top three player in the world. Um, you know, top five, arguably, he's a top three. But anyway, yeah. So later on in the afternoon, Mike, there was a PWBA show. Um, it was the first stop in Rockford, Illinois. Uh and hold on, can I, I can I bring this sure. up? Can I bring yeah, this sure. up real bring quick? It up. Bring it up. Charles yeah. said Charles Reese says, how much did losing Simo Belmo and EJ early hurt the show? You know what, Charles? That's one of the things that I think is so great about this about event and this format. Sure. It didn't hurt it at all. Right. To me it didn't hurt. I mean, would it have been as interesting to have some of those guys in the final four in the final? Absolutely. But did it did it provide a lesser product because we didn't have those guys? I, I don't think it did, Charles. No. You still had two of the best in the world. You had a Hall of Famer, and you had one of the top three defending player of the year bowling against each other for the title. For sure. You know what I mean? It, it definitely didn't take away from the show. Um, and, by the way, uh, Kyle is great for entertainment purposes. He's great with the crowd. He's great for the show. Tommy does talk his talks a little shit, can, can definitely, you know, have his moments where he'll show emotion. Uh, you know, Tommy's always been good for TV, too. I've always, liked enjoyed watching Tommy Bowl. Um, so to PWBA, Mike, um, the, really, you know, since you didn't get a chance to watch the show, uh, there's a few takeaways I have of the show. Uh, one, the, the shot was definitely weird. Um, they weren't bowling on something easy. Uh, it was definitely a shot maker show the scores weren't high, but they weren't really low. It was a pretty good show. Stephanie Johnson ran the ladder. 
She beat a killer's row of, of women, including Shannon O'Keefe, Kelly Kulik, uh, Brianna Clemmer, and Liz Culkin. Um, that's, you know, um, some unbelievably talented women bowlers. Kelly Kulik, one of the greatest of all time. Shannon O'Keefe might go down as one of the greatest of all time, too. Um, so a few points from the show. One, Stephanie Johnson's really fun to watch. Boy, she brings the heat, boy. Like, she's hungry. Like, this, she wants to win, boy. She's out for your throat. And she kill her. Oh, dude, she's unbelievable amount of fire when she strikes. And she will let you know it, too. Um, So there was a couple of matches that you were like, dude, she's bringing it, man. Like, um, the announcer, uh, Sydney, um, God, she's um, Brummett. Sydney Brummett. What a fantastic job she did it as an analysis. Mike, I can't wait you for the watch the show. I okay. want you to listen to her analysis. Dude, she was talking about stuff that I think Randy Peterson needs to go into more. She was talking about transition and, and ball switching. And, I mean, she obviously, obviously knows what she's doing. She's a great bowler. She's a professional bowler. But the way she articulated it, Mike, I really enjoyed listening to her. And I tweeted it out, and I was just like, dude, she needs to be – if she's not doing – she's not on the show. She needs to be analyzing, um, you know, the show more than, than none. I know she's done a lot of – I think some, she's done some intercollegiate analysis. Um, yeah, but other than that, first place, Mike, 20000 for Stephanie Johnson. Uh, second place, uh, Liz, was 10000 So, you know, good price one for the women. Um, you know, first stop. Uh, so – I mean, that's a high level view of the show, Mike. It was. I love. I love this. I love. I got to bring this up. I love this. Sure, look, look, sure. look at what our guy Nico did. He he did our he did our rundown. We need to do this. We 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 now need to take this and do this ourselves. You know, we yeah. need to run down the, the PWBA like we did the PBA. Uh, he would go ride with Shannon O'Keefe and Stephanie Johnson. Okay. Spare shooter, verity quality. Why, Nico? Tell us why. Not ride Nico with Nico loves the women's tour, man. He loves the women's tour. <laughs> I see you. Right Not there. ride oh, yeah. with Jordan Richard. No Karn Okay. I see you, Haas, Brianna Clemmer. That's a good one. I understand that. Yeah, no Karn, Rocio, Restrepo. All right. I like it. So All right. um, I want to bring up John I Stevenson's comment here. Um, he disagrees with me, which is great. Um, you know, people did they like to disagree with me. My wife kept asking me questions because she has technical. She was too technical in her speak. I, you know, I feel like it, it is a tough thing for an analysis to please the fans like us who know what she's talking about and to kind of dumb it down for the people who don't know the technical side of the game. I feel like that would be the hardest thing if you were an, an analysis, if you were doing an analysis, right, for, for the show is how do you find the line between being too technical and pleasing the, the high-level bowlers like ourselves and to make people who don't really know that and have them understand it? I feel like that's always been a struggle for Randy. I feel like that's a struggle you know, for probably Sydney. Um, I came out as a fan who knows what she's talking about, so I enjoyed it. Now, that doesn't mean somebody who doesn't understand it enjoyed it, and I, I respect that point of view. Um, so I, I don't know. I feel like there needs to be a little bit more education on the shows and sometimes what she's talking about, 
maybe she can make a comment and then explain what she's talking about. Talking about maybe, you know, breakpoint and transition and, you know, some of these words that we know and we've grown up knowing. But maybe someone like, you know, John's wife who doesn't know could maybe try to do a good high level uh, basic version of what she's explaining. Uh, hold on. Wrong comment. Sorry. Uh, Eddie Grumman asking, uh, what do you think of the PWVA voting to change the payout scale of the major tourney, spreading the money out so it's not as top heavy? Uh, uh, how, how, are, how are you asking me that question? Are you asking me that question from the perspective of the players? Because if I'm ask, answering it from that perspective, I'm going to say I, I like it. Uh, if you're asking me as a fan of bowling, I'm going to say no, I don't like it. Because I think that bowling for more money, you know, attracts a little bit more attention, brings a little bit more legitimacy to to the sport on TV. Uh, you know, I think if people turn on bowling, professional bowling of any kind, men's, women's, and they see that the top prize is twenty thousand dollars, which in today's environment, let's be honest, is not that much money. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't think that's really a great look or a great promotional tool. Uh, so yeah, I, I would rather see those, those hot, those top prizes, those, uh, you know, six figure prizes. But the reality is, is that there's a lot of people out there trying to make back their money that they're putting out, you know, and if you could spread that money out and more people out there can make a dollar instead of lose a dollar being out there from the player's perspective, I totally understand it. But Eddie, good question though. Mike, uh, I got to read this comment from captain polish. Um, I'd like to see more regular people watching bowling. Um, how reactions changed in 2022. I kind of feel like we need to do a regular people watch bowling uh, on a PWBA show. Okay. And see what their reaction would be watching a women's show. And I feel like we need to bring back an old school show with like Tish Johnson and like, um, yeah, like some of the old school, like, uh, like maybe like the old school PWBA, like before they like went under, you know, um, the Queens, yeah, they they actually they're not paying a hundred thousand for the queens this year. They 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 made the, the money better for the the bottom, but they're still paying sixty grand for the queens. And, and it seems like the price fund's better overall, though. Nico in the chat telling us the queens start tomorrow, and he's ready. Yo, he's taking Nico, you, work probably. Nico, you might be the PWBA's number one fan, my guy. I, I know, I think so. He loves the PB, PWBA, man. Um, absolutely. He yeah yeah that, that's that's clear. That's yeah. we we get it loud and clear. Lisa Wagner, yeah, maybe a little Lisa Lisa Wagner show. You know, maybe a Michelle. Feldman how about this show? How about Alita Sill? Ooh, Alita. Okay, Dave, how about Davidson, the lefty? Dee Dee how about Davidson, the lefty Alita Sill? Dude, Tish Johnson though. Tish Johnson was the best to me. I used to. Well, I would watch women's bowling and then go practice and try and throw like Tish Johnson because she was that Dude. good. But she, she was so but smooth. She was. She, was and she would just let the ball just just float down the lane. And it would just be revving, 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 make a nice strong move. Oh God, she would talk. So when do we see it. when do we see the first or have we seen the first woman two-handed bowler to make a PWBA show? When is that happening? Don't know. Don't know. I don't know hey. who's in the pipeline there. So Yeah. Oh, dude, Kim Adler. How man, she, dude, Kim Adler, I like Kim Adler, you know. Um, think about all the old school women bowling um and i still will make this i gotta be honest i never had a crush on any pwba player if that <laughs> if that's what johnny jr is 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 insinuating in that comment 
I don't know. Like when I watched PWBA, it was not it was not crush material for me. I'm Yo, sorry, this, fellas. Hey, I got I, some it, John, John, if that was crush material material for you, you were spending too much time at Carolier, homie. Hey, way um, too much time at Carolier. Rob, if that was crush material for you, you were spending way too much time in the bowling alley. See now, me, me, big Mike. I was out. I was out with the people. I was out with the ladies hanging out. You know, hey, the, uh, the women. So you know, I don't watching, wanna, women's, I, I, watching women's bowling was not a not a crush thing for me. I don't want to. I don't want to get it. I don't want to get involved in this discussion about the women today that are bowling because uh, <laughs> the women today have evolved uh, in, in in a lot of that sense. Um, but you know, look, like I definitely. Um, respect the women bowling i do these women are so good uh they are just you know they're great bowlers and i just want to see them have as much success as the men's and i really feel like between the bowl.com um the, the bowl tv the the money that's getting thrown out at the usbc you know kudos to them like giving these women a place to bowl giving them a streaming service to watch uh because you know years ago mike they didn't have it they went under and you know, they weren't bowling for a really long time. So it's great to see them on, on live on bowling on TV on FS uh, on FS or CBS Sports, I should say. Nico commenting that their patterns are harder. They can't jump into the fifth arrow. I don't I don't know so much, Nico, if it's that the patterns are harder more so than the breakdown is different. Uh, the breakdown out there is much different than what you're what you're gonna see on tour. John Stevenson saying, uh, what's with flow? What's going on with flow? Yeah, I saw I saw Out. They announced the summer they're going to have you know uh, super regionals over the summer, and they're not going to be broadcast by Flow. They're going to be broadcast on the Facebook pages of the of the regions where they're at. So I don't know, maybe Your maybe that's done, the direction man. of the P. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I think done, I think dude. we talked about it before. I think that the you know the handwriting has been on the wall for a minute there. All right, Rob, can we move on? Yeah, we can move on. Absolutely. All right, let's let's let's. Uh, there's the other thing we wanted to talk about tonight and touch on tonight is the PBA draft. PBA draft was today, Rob. P- PBA league draft. So all the league teams are set now. Whoopee. And I know, one. <laughs> I know backstage before we started when I brought this up and said, you know, are are, are we are we talking PBA draft here? Uh, you were kind of like, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm over the PBA league. It was kind of your point, and and you know what, Rob, I, I, I don't disagree with you. I think the fact that you they know? didn't, they didn't take, they didn't take any effort to redo anything about this and try and get it more right than it is. Right? They didn't like, for instance, can I, can I, do a couple things I thought about today. Preach while, preach, this, while this draft was going on. Okay, go ahead. Again, the team names and cities have no real connection to anything. Okay, it's, it's, so it's, it's all a gimmick. It's gimmick. all yeah, it's all gimmick and fictional. Okay, you have Pete Weber still on a team roster. You got Parker Bones still on a team roster. Okay, for ratings. With all due respect to both of those guys. Rob, wasn't this an opportunity to have those guys transition into manager roles? I know what a manager does. You know, I mean, really, like, if that's the way you want to use some of the legends of the game, then then use them in that way, right? And and drop the cities from the team names and let them represent the team, 
you know, let them be around for 10 years representing the team because at least you know they're going to be around, you know. So uh, some of the other picks here were somewhat questionable to me, and I'm not uh, I'm not going to get that deep into it. But I, I think that I see some, in some instances it seems like guys are getting picked more so because of their associations than their performance. Or what oh, they'll political. add to the team. So you're talking politics now. So you think a lot of it's politics. Right. So, uh, and, and you know what Jimmy is saying? One, one team could be called the Pete Webbers. The Pete Webbers. The Pete no, Webbers. no, but what I'm saying is why couldn't it be, ju- Jimmy, why couldn't it be just the Kingpins with manager legend Pete Weber? Mike. What's wrong okay. with that? Okay, like, so what, is that is that that hard? Here's I don't okay, know. So like, it's let me just say so my piece. Frustrating here. to me. It's very. That's why I feel like nah, Like I'm done. I'm done with the gimmick. But I do. I do want to talk about some of the picks. I do want to go through some of the picks and talk about them. But go ahead, Rob. What's your point? My point is here is it feels like they're just going through the motions at this point. Um, there hasn't been any big announcements, or I don't know maybe like the expansions. I don't even know where they're at with that. Right. Um, there hasn't been any really new updates, new motivation for a fan to get involved in the draft and the summary and the players that are picked and to do even a mock draft at this point. I'm over that. I don't even whatever. Put the bowling on TV. You know, let's just watch them bowl. Let, let's watch them compete at this point. But as for like making it into a big deal and having, you know, a big promotion around it i feel like they are over it they don't even they're not even spending any time you know promoting it um i didn't even see a lot on facebook or social media in regards to the draft even being today um and i don't really care who was picked and who wasn't picked i don't and i'm, I'm just just coming from a fan like i just don't care like just give me the teams let them bowl against each other um and it's not it kind of lost its luster a little bit it's lost its, uh, you know, pizzazz or flair. When it first started, we were all excited. I feel like they didn't miss the bus on when it like first started, and it was getting a lot of like momentum, and a lot of fans were looking forward to it. Now it just feel like it, it turned into like the XFL. Well, yeah, like, it, to me, it turned into uh, a, a you know a, a souped up version of the team event they used to do that was organized by staff. You remember that, uh, where they would go to Great yeah. Adventure or somewhere yeah. during the summer, and they would shoot a series of shows, right? And it was like staff teams. It, it's it's sort of a souped-up version of that, right? But again, if you if it's going to be a prime piece of what you're going to put on TV during the summer in Bayside, why not make it more legitimate? You know, that's what I don't understand. Like, I, I think they have a great product with it. I really Mike, do. I think they have a great product, but they're, they're we need to re-release it the right way. But Robert Mattingly, BJ, how would you improve the league? I think we need to re-release your uh, document that you not yeah. document, but your article that you wrote about how to improve the league. And I feel like that still tr- holds true to to today. And maybe I'll, I'll I'll post it on on our website so people could read it on our website. Um, and I feel like that would be a a perfect article for 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 us to re-release again. Uh, BJ. Mike wrote a, a a really fascinating piece about how to improve the league. Um, fascinating, fascinating is a strong word, but I did write I did write a it was thoughts on, on, on what they good. should do to improve it. 
Uh, Charlie wants to see PWBA in, 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 in tight body suits. Uh, I mean, <laughs> let's not let's not get crazy. I mean, you know, maybe certain players, but let's not get a, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Um, all right, Mike. So go over some of the players. If we want to do a little bit of okay. analysis on the draft picks here, we could do it. All right. So uh, first pick was the New York City Kingpins. They took Kyle Sherman. All right. Not not a huge surprise there. I believe he was the he was the leading uh, uh, eligible point getter. Uh, in the draft, so no surprise there. Second pick was Jason Sterner. No surprise there. Uh, you know, Jason Sterner had a great, great season. Uh, he was at, he was near the top of uh, of the guys who were eligibly drafted. Packy Hanrahan, number three. Oh, sorry, Jason Sterner drafted. Are you ready for this, Rob? And somebody mentioned this in the chat by the Snickers Waco Wonders. That's the name of the team. And when I honestly, when I hear Waco. You know, I'm a kid of the 80s and 90s. David Koresh. <laughs> I, think, I think the Branch Davidian standoff. David Koresh. You know, like David. Sitting, <laughs> sitting in That's, my house. Watching that like thing go up on fire. Yeah, right? yeah. Literally, literally, like, that was one of the craziest events that I ever first watched live on TV was when that tank went up to the front of the building and, like, tore the front of the building. It was wild. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Jesus, you know. So was, uh, uh, I'm curious, Brandon, real quick. Uh, Cooley had some powerful thoughts on the draft. Uh, what I, I didn't read this or hear about this. Can you can you share a little bit of high level of what is what his thought? Uh, or link to it. Were? Link to it. Link to it in the chat. We'll we'll go to it. Uh, all right. So third pick, Portland Lumberjacks. Oh, made Johnny man. cry when he <laughs> when my dad told me the new team and I didn't believe him. When I find out he was telling the truth, I began to cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! He's got he's got to remember David Koresh and the Branch Davidians. He's got to remember that. <laughs> I, I mean, that was like an impactful thing for people around our age. All right, it was, so it was like the astronaut blowing up. It was yeah. just like the oh, like what a challenger out. disaster! Oh uh, my yeah, goodness! Yeah. Oh man, we're, I was in the bone alley watching here. Yeah. We're going off the rails here uh, with the third pick. Uh, in the 2022 PBA League draft, the Portland Lumberjacks took Packy Hanrahan. With the fourth pick, the LAX Belmos team, okay, uh, they take Chris Barnes. So, right, they so take Chris, David, and there was a trade. John Stevenson, what was the trade? I forget what the trade was. But, but wait, but let me let ask you a question here. So David Koresh or OJ Simpson Chase? What oh, OJ Simpson Chase. Oh. <laughs> yeah, OJ Simpson, Simpson right? Chase, no doubt. I mean – that was like that was everyone. Everybody was glued to their TV it. for the OJ Simpson. Hundred percent. I was just wondering. That was that that white Bronco. That white Ford Bronco is something that <laughs> you know will be forever infamous. Seriously. Okay. Sorry. You know? Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I just. Oh my goodness. All right. Uh, fourth pick, LAX. That's Belmo's team. They took Chris Barnes, the doctor, professor. Yeah, I mean, right now the fifty. I don't want to be disrespectful, but is that a little bit of a reach pick there, a fourth pick? I know he 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 waxed them in Bayside, though. He's got the look in, in Bayside. And he's, 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 he's been on he's, the championship team there, I think, three times. So he's, he's smart. Yeah, good, he knows you know. the reads. He's good to have on the on the team. Help I I'm sure he that's a good pick. I mean, he, he fifth knows the pick, reads. Brad Miller. Sixth no surprise. Oh, and that was uh, Motown Muscle. Sixth pick, uh, guaranteed rate Chicago hitmen. The Philadelphia team doesn't exist anymore. So, you know, there goes my hometown team. They got rid Nick, of Philly, huh? Yeah, Nick Pate. They should get rid of all Philly sports teams. Yeah, Nick Pate was sixth. 
Seventh pick, the Paps Blue Ribbon Milwaukee Pounders, A.J. Chapman. Pounders. Look at the fucking names. The eighth seriously. pick, Dallas Strikers. This is Bill's team, Bill, Tommy, and Duke. Now, this was Santu. a little bit of a surprise to me. They took Santu. Santu. I, so, I mean, yeah, when he bowled, he whacked them, no question. But, but yeah, to think of the people they picked, they picked Santu, they picked Santu over, um, you know, guys like Matt Russo and DJ Archer. And right, Jake the next Peters. two picks. So you had Vegas High Rollers take Matt Russo, Silver Lake Adam Splitters take DJ Archer. Uh, then the Silver Lake Adam Splitters come back, take Brandon Novak. Las Vegas High Rollers, Ildemaro Ruiz. Dallas Strikers, Matt Ogle. So it also stuck out to me that that uh, Duke decided to go two-hander, two-hander. Two-hander, two-hander from, from they Duke. Love, okay. They two-handers. Uh, 14th pick was Paps Blue Ribbon, Milwaukee Pounders, Anthony Lavery Spar. 15th pick, Chicago Hitman, Jake Peters. I'm surprised Peters pick, dropped that much. I would have yeah, picked Peters higher. He had a great I season. Picked, I would have picked him over a lot of the guys that – I don't know. Personally, I think Jake Peters is a lot better than some of the guys that are, were, were picked, but that's just my opinion. Uh, 16th pick, Motown Muscle, Mitch Hoopé. And the last pick, I believe. Oh, no, sorry. 17th pick. No, Martin Arturo. Martin, Lars, Martin Larson was the 17th pick, LAX. Uh, 18th pick, Portland Lumberjacks, Arturo Quintero. 19th pick, the Snickers, Waco Wonders, Parker Bone. Uh, 20th pick, New York City Kingpins, Michael Tang. 21st pick, and this was the last pick, uh, Kevin Williams. It's kind of surprised he didn't go earlier, too. I mean, he had a good season, too, won a title and all that. So I got snubbed, Mike. I got snubbed. Must have, been my poor, must have been my poor performance at the complete bowling event last weekend. Where must I'm going to take Jimmy on his word. Jimmy says that. Uh, Bill and Tommy wanted Santu. That Norm put out there that Bill and Tommy wanted Santu. So Rob, we'll yeah, have Bill. to we'll have to text Bill and uh, and get official word on that. Let me yeah, Mr. Text. Go ahead, take take out do give some thoughts. Yeah, I mean, look, like I said in the previous, I, at this point, I don't even know what cities and who the names of these cities are. They've changed, and I don't even know the managers for a lot of these teams. Like I feel like the public is so uneducated right now with like who's what and where, when it is and when the format is, but it is um July after July fourth weekend. In case anybody's wondering, it looks like uh, July sixth, seventh, and tenth on FS one is when the they're going to uh, have the, the two divisions going. and then the final is on Sunday. Yeah, so there's three shows. Are these live or are these taped, Mike? I would assume they're live shows. I think they're live, yes. And it would be interesting because this is, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm probably not here, but this will be the first show that's a, a true Bayside, like non, like, like they're going to be packing in the fans here at Bayside for the first time in a really while, right, in a couple of years. I would imagine, so, yeah. The atmosphere is going to be pretty electric. These guys have been sitting around waiting. You know the, you know Portland. We've both been there. You know the fans there. You know the people. You know these guys have been sitting around waiting for the show. Um, you know, right in the midst of summer, coming off July Fourth weekend. You know these people are going to be in full, full effect for these shows. So 
I'm 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 definitely looking forward to see Bayside coming out hot um, with the costumes, with the with the fire. Uh, so I'd expect them to be. I do like watching the shows when personally when they're on. Now all this draft and all this stuff that's going on right now. I, I, you know, I'm not really too interested in who's on what. Um, I do think there needs to be a little bit more uh, preparation and marketing behind this, but I feel like I'm beating a dead horse every week talking about that. True. All right. Uh, Rob, are we ready to give the people what they want? Yes, sir. Mike, are we going to be allowed to bet on the PDA League since they're live shows? Uh, I, I I hope so. That would make me a lot more interested in the teams and, and when they bowl if we were allowed to bet on the, the league, right? I think that would be an interesting game. But again, that, that format is so, uh, you know, crapshoot. Yeah. Funky. Uh, yeah, one break goes one way. That's the difference, and yeah, it's very, very crapshootish, you know. Which, which I mean, you know, any bet uh, is like that to a certain, to a certain extent. But uh, I just feel that you know, in that format, it's a little bit tough. All right, Rob, I'm going to go first here. Go ahead. I'm actually giving a known bowler worst of the week. Ooh, I like it. Sam Cooley. Okay. okay. Did you just see? Did you just see what he wrote about the league? No, Is that what no, no. This was previous. It's it's kind of okay. ironic that somebody brought him up, right? Okay. Uh, he posted the following, and and I want to. I got to describe the picture. They're at Belmo's Bowling Center. Okay. In Australia. In Australia, Orange okay. Ten Pin Bowl. I think that's Belmo's place, right? It is correct, and. It's it's Sam Cooley in his sponsored gear, global shirt, all that, right? Has, he's holding a check. And then there's two other guys next to him also holding checks, and one is holding a trophy. And neither of them have sponsored gear on or anything. They look just like two, two kind of regular, normal guys. Uh, and Sam Cooley in the post says the following – Second place at this year's Orange Open. Been about five years since attending this great event. Here's why I have to give it worse of the week. There's several. There's several reasons why this is worse of the week. Okay. Sam Cooley finished second at a at 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 an Orange Open event. I mean. Are there guys that are that good in Australia that he would finish second? He's one of the best bowlers over here, let alone over there. And where's Belmo? Where's Belmo? It was in his house. Did he not bowl? Did he finish fourth? Was he out so, of the top three here? I, so I, 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 do I don't think, understand. So do you think Sam Cooley should win every event he bowls? That's not a pro tournament? If you, I, I would say that if you put a pro of his level up against, uh, you know, an amateur type player, that yes, they should win all, almost every event they enter. Dude, Sam bowls my area, and he bowls those same tournaments that I bowl, the complete bowling events. Now, does he win? Yeah, he's won a decent amount of them, but does he win every event? No, 
I mean, he loses but, to but the Amateur Orange Sport. Open. I don't know. Australia's the Orange Open. I don't know. I maybe but, I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Maybe like maybe Orange Australia has an extremely strong bowling community since Belmo has risen to such heights in the game. I don't know. Maybe maybe I, Orange Bowl is, like, is the mecca you, of Australian Rob, bowling. Rob, are you telling me that if I tell you, Rob, there there's a tournament in Australia called the Orange Open that's bowled at Belmonte's home house that his family owns, Rob. Who do you expect to win that tournament? Yeah, but I wouldn't expect Belmo Rob, to bowl that tournament. Rob, answer my question. Answer my question. Who do you expect if to win If Belmo bowls, I expect okay. Belmo to win. And if Belmo doesn't bowl, then who would you expect to win? I, to, I don't know the Sam roster. Cooley. Sam Cooley. I mean, that's a no-brainer, right? <laughs> who's who's the other great uh, – <laughs> Jimmy saying heard he lost to Belmo's son. No, no, he did uh, You know, so – Listen, I, I just, I just found it. I found it shocking I expect, when I saw that. I said, "What?" I would really? expect Belmo not to bowl in a tournament that his home house is running. Okay, I would expect unless he's, I don't know, just my personal opinion. Like, I, I would expect him to kind of bow out and not bowl in a. Not only is he the best bowler in the world, arguably the greatest bowler of all time, but he's bowling in the house where his. He's grew up bowling in his parents' own. I mean, how how could you expect him not to win? But why would you expect him to even bowl? I would bow out and like maybe be there to like give the trophy or like you know fair have some kind of like. But if you bowl, presence. If you bowl. Oh, you have to. Win. You can't win. That I, that's what, you that's what I'm saying. Mike, could you imagine if I bowled that tournament and I won and I beat Belmo and I walked in the next week on our show Wednesday and I said, Mike, not only did I win the tournament that Belmo's house own his parents own, but I beat him in the finals in the house. He's got nothing to, to but to lose that tournament. He has nothing to wow. gain. He, has, he has to win that tournament. Okay. So I don't know who posted this, but this got sent to me, and I saw this myself. All right, Fo folks are getting a little serious in the chat. I'm joking, folks. All right, it's a, it's worst of the week is a joke. Okay, all right. Do do you yeah. not see the comedy of of my presentation there? No, you missed it. Uh, I'm sorry if you missed it. Go ahead, uh, Rob. Eighty percent of the shit we do is 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 joking around. Um, we, 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 we're serious 10% of the time here. It's usually when we're actually talking about like serious bowling. Um, so this post, I don't know his name. I, I wish I did, but I saw it and then it got sent to me. This person literally put a picture of six, 12, 18, 20, 22, 23 bowling balls. Mike, look at that picture right there. Look, I'll put it on okay. the camera. A lot of rocks. He writes, and this is a long post, but I'm not going to read all of it. This gentleman's been bowling for under a year now. Okay. And he just finished his full league. And he shot 884 in his highest handicap series of the league. He has a Wait 270 a second, a handicap series. Handicap. Yeah. You got 20, you got handicap. 23 balls, and you're you're handy, you're handicap bowling. And he his high scratch game is a 278 in his 757 high scratch series with a 204 average. His guy literally goes Rock. into this mic, this like like half a page long post 
about how he has the best coach in the world, how he's going to work on, he's going to be in the PBA finals in the next couple of years. The reason why I bring this worst of the week up is because when you have been bowling for a year, Mike, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't have 23 bowling balls. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and say that. You should be spending that money, and yes, you should be working more with your coach than actually drilling up 23 bowling balls. But when did bragging, when did 23 bowling, when did posting 23 bowling balls become something to brag about? It's like, oh, I spent $10,000 in bowling balls, and here they all are. Isn't my arsenal great? Like, you know, I I feel like this is worst of the week because it just – further symbolizes what we always talk about in bowling where it's not about you're actually getting better physically or mentally. It's just now all about how many balls you drill and what's the next ball you're drilling instead of actually learning how to use those 23 bowling balls. Cause Mike, I'm going to go out and say it regardless of how many times you're working with your coach. If, if there was a tournament coming up this weekend and this person was bowling, and they gave him the pattern of what he was bowling. I guarantee you, he had no idea what balls to take with him. No idea. Well, it's funny, Jimmy. Jimmy just said in the chat here that uh, you know, dude dropped thousands on balls, can't even buy his way to a three hundred on house. And actually, you know what? Having twenty three balls might be harder than than only having five or six, especially on house. Because if you only have three or four or five. You're going to throw the similar ones all the time and eventually match up and shoot that 300. But if you got 23, then you're always throwing different ones. You might not match up. So, Dave, uh, my brother writes, it's like the guys who come into an MMA training center saying they want to be a UFC. But to go uh, furthermore, it's like the guy who buys all UFC gear and has all the top, like, UFC, like, pads and, you know, and in the book bag and in the – the, the affliction hats and shirts and they spend all this money on this gear and they get into the ring and they it, it's like they never even threw a punch before it's like they're like you know um are, yeah, are they all the same company uh that's a good let me look here robert mattingly is saying they're all the same company are they all the same company oh that makes it so much worse that makes it yes. so much worse yes it's all it's all utah mike oh my all god utah. That makes it so much worse. He's got two. I mean, if you're going to drill that many balls, at least drill the best of the best of everything, no? Yeah, he's got two Zen Masters, two realities, uh, just phase, every phase you could imagine. I think he's got phases one through like nine. (laughs) Um, He's got every hustle, different color hustles, camo hustle, pink hustle, all the hustles. He's got a mix, a pitch black. Uh, uh, I mean, he's got every every time a new ball comes out, he's buying it. Utah loves this guy. They should they should never put him on staff because he just buys them anyway. So anyway, Mike, I'll give him some time. He'll be on staff in no time. No, I don't think so, man. Why would they put him on staff when he's buying the balls anyway? Storm needs all the money they can get right now. Storm needs all the balls, all the money they can get right. All right, all right. Let's wrap it up. Uh, Rob, final thoughts. 
Uh, yeah, I got tomorrow off, so I'm going to practice. Um, so that's what's on my mind. Um, but I got to talk about this picture that was freaking hilarious that I retweeted on my Twitter account. If anybody saw the, P- I think it was a PBA 50 picture of Tom Hess holding this little check up. Mike, did you see this? Yeah. And the guy is next to him holding this big trophy with a big right. smile on his face. I think it's probably just a photo that got captured at the wrong time. Like, like just well, the wrong facial expression at the wrong time for Tom Hess. But, but yeah, I did the, see it. It was kind of funny. The picture is so funny. And I feel like this needs to turn to a meme. And I could, I'm sure Jimmy could probably turn into a good bowling meme. And I thought about what could I write? But t- Tom Hess is looking his face with this little check. And this guy holding this big trophy with a big smile on his face is one of the funniest pictures that I've seen. So if you haven't seen his picture, go to my Twitter, Brooklyn Rob 11. I retweeted, I think it was a couple of days ago. It was my brother who actually posted it. He's Brooktown, um, I think Brooktown 11 or Brooktown 1. Um, or Dave Brook. I don't even know his Twitter name, Dave. If you're in the chat, put in the hand, put in the chat. But it's a great picture. And that's why that's my final thought because I, every time – I looked at that picture. I laughed, and I thought it was like hilarious. So I don't know. Bad final thought, but my final thought is uh, get out there and bowl for the summer. Summer leagues, sport opportunity. You know, I talk here all the time about sport bowling, bowling on something tough. Uh, use the summer as that opportunity. You know, I encourage people get out there, bowl on sport. Uh, join a sport league for the summer. They pop up all over the place normally for the summer. Uh, Rob, I'm, I'm getting my info together this week to uh, to sign up for my sport league for the summer. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm going to try and promote some of that here and uh, review some of that here. And, yeah, I just want to let everybody know, you know, get out there. Try, try the harder side of the game. See how you feel about it. Come back. Uh, report to us. Email us. Let us know. Okay, well, I'll leave everybody with that thought for tonight. Uh, Rob, it's fun as always, bro. I appreciate always. everybody who, who, who joins us in the chat and uh, adds to the conversation here. Uh, follow us on social media. I'm at the 215th. He's at Brooklyn Rob 11. Uh, check out our website, uh, sweeptherackbowling.com. Uh, Queens of this week, Mike. Yeah, Queens this week. Yeah, 60 grand. Um, email us, sweeptherack at gmail. Uh, Rob, Bill, Bill confirms that him and Tommy both wanted Santu on the team. He confirms before we log off here. I heard back. Uh, so, yeah, listen, folks, hit us up. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, we're always putting out content. Uh, we're trying our best to, to get some more out there. Uh, schedule is limited right now, but that may change in the near future. So uh, hit that subscribe open. button. The pool yeah. is open, so yeah, the schedule gets, gets limited. It is, yeah, but then but then summer rolls around and schedule is is not as limited. So yeah, you know, that's that's kind of my time to to do the things that I don't have time to do when I'm not uh not in the school year. Business so man uh, in no, hardly, hardly. I'm glad to be busy. It's good to be busy, but uh hit that subscribe button so you don't miss anything. Give us a shout, guys. We always appreciate it. Rob, take it easy. I'll see you next week. All right, peace, guys.
You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. 